Fight For You podcast is about our scariest thoughts, memories, and experiences. Every other week, I'm speaking with a new guest. These stories are rooted in pain, love, grief, heartache, and most of all, how they've overcome their biggest challenges. Fight For You brings vulnerability, and you can have the chance to share your story too. Reach out anytime, and remember, you are not alone. Before we start, as a disclaimer into this episode, this episode contains talk about depression, anxiety, living your truth, and challenges with friends and professional life. Please listen at your own stake. I'm your host, Lily, and today's story is about Jen. Jen was born and raised in Ohio. She was a gymnast, cheerleader, and track athlete her whole childhood. She moved to Washington for a corporate job after college, which didn't fill her cup. She got her health coach certification and then became a fitness entrepreneur. Jen has anxiety, depression, and was recently diagnosed with OCD. I've learned so much from Jen, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear her story. Thanks for being here today. Listen along to hear more in depth about her story. Jen is joining me here today. Jen, how are you doing? I'm good. I just went for a walk along the Kirkland waterfront, and so I'm on cloud nine. (laughs) All right, then let's get right into it. Thank you again for being here. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh my gosh. So I was born and raised in a little town called Kirkland, Ohio, and I currently live in Kirkland, Washington. Oh, that's so weird. (laughs) I didn't even know that. I know. It's crazy. Um, I was born and raised over there. I went to a high school where I graduated with 81 kids in my class, teeny tiny small town. I was a gymnast for 10 plus years. I was a dancer. I did track and field. Um, I was a runner and yeah, I loved sports and then yeah. I went to college and that's high level. Yeah, you're a people person. I am a big people person. Yeah. So you only knew like a small town your whole entire life. So Pretty what was much. it like moving on and going to a big college? Um, when I've always wanted to go like big and explore. And so mm-hmm. I was ready and I literally once I turned eighteen, I like moved out of my house and went to college and I spent my summers um just traveling. I love to travel and okay. so like when you grow up in a small town like that's all you want to do is see the world because all you know is the same people and the same same activities and so you just want to expand your you know your friend group and college was a great opportunity for me to truly figure out who I was and I loved it yeah so you mentioned how you how much you love working out you did dance you did gymnastics you were very active can you tell us a little bit about your company, Sweatnet? Yeah, so Sweatnet, the whole premise behind Sweatnet is that it break down, breaks down the intimidation barriers around fitness, health, and wellness to let people know that they belong somewhere because today you see everywhere that you have to quote-unquote be a beautiful fitness model, have to wear the latest, greatest trends, but in reality all you have to do is show up. Right. And mm-hmm. so I loved that about Sweatnet because me being active, like 
I remember going into a studio wearing a t-shirt and feeling uncomfortable, but the second I showed up, it was perfect. And so we just want to make sure other people experience the same thing too. Absolutely. And so can you tell us a little bit about your childhood and high school experiences, which affected why you wanted to be such a big part of Sweat Night? Yeah. So, I mean, growing up, I had this perfectionism, um, I wouldn't say syndrome, but when I was a gymnast, you'd always strive for like the perfect 10. um, And I had always had that mindset in the back of my mind. And then um, I didn't realize it until as an adult, like what, 20 some years later that that isn't like normal thinking and Sweatnet was able to help guide me um, to be more truthful and honest with myself. Plus a whole bunch of other stuff that's happened in my life really shaped me. Um, Kind of like I was married once before, I got a divorce. Um, I, you know, worked in a corporate job for what I thought was supposed to be my dream job. But once I got into it, I realized that it really wasn't meant for me. Yeah. Um, and I think all of that stemmed from that perfectionism and what I saw in movies and what I saw on TV. And yeah. Societies, like so- norms. Exactly. And- yeah. So you worked for Nordstrom for 13 years, as you just mentioned. How was the environment working there? Um, I loved Nordstrom. Nordstrom set so many, you know, ground rules and standards that I live by today. Um, I started on the sales floor and I learned how to truly connect with people um, because at the end of the day, I'm just selling them stuff, right? Yeah. And so um, with that, like, you also have that environment of – you know, wanting to, like, be on trend with everything, right? And so for me, I found myself doing a lot of spending, and I feel like a lot of people at Nordstrom do that, but, like, do not, like, quote me on that. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, like, once I got to the buying office, I loved, you know, the analytics of buying But then one thing I didn't like was the politics of a corporate office. Mm, Um, Okay. And so while Nordstrom was so great for my career and where I'm at today, I realized that I had to let go of what I thought my dreams were to truly, you know, pivot to be who I really want to be. Absolutely. Did you ever see it? Affecting your mental health working there? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> um, I am a stress case. <laughs> and I would hide it all the time, right? Yeah. Um, and so I had what I was later diagnosed with. I had anxiety from mm-hmm. my job. Yeah. Um, going in and wondering if you're doing such a great job. You know, in the back of my mind, I was always going to say, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be the one that always hits the nail on the head and anytime that something would derail it would you know mentally mess with me I would come home depressed I would come home and not be myself um I would be thinking about all the what ifs and I just realized that you know that's probably not the good environment for me 
Yeah, so is that what really pushed you out of the retail world? Yeah, yeah. Like, you should not be having shingles at 28 years old. Yeah, I don't think that's normal. (laughs) Shingles are for people that are, like, normally, like, 40 and above. Yeah. But I was having shingles at 28 because I was so stressed. And when I'm stressed, my hair falls out. My hair started falling out. And when I'm stressed, I stress eat. So I was eating a lot. And I was just trying to find different outlets to let it go. And, yeah. <laughs> wow, I did not know that you had shingles either. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Um, so you went back to school and you got your health and fitness certification. Yes. What was the biggest thing, thing you took from that? That I am knowledgeable. Um, that I am smart. That I can do anything I want to do and set out for and that I truly am a people person um in a corporate setting I would have ideas and I would doubt myself because I would send my ideas up the corporate ladder um and then they would disappear or they were told that they weren't good enough but then the coaching that I got that certification made me realize gosh you know what you are smart, you are valuable, you are worthy, and I mean, there were times where when I was at, you know, working there, I felt like I was about to get fired, and I had people say some things to me that just really rubbed me the wrong way, and like, no, you can't, you don't treat people that way, empower people, don't threaten people. Yeah, absolutely, that, yeah, I could... I love shopping at Nordstrom, but I don't know if I could work there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great company. I learned a lot. I also learned about who I am and what I want to be. Which is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you started Sweatnet in Seattle, what were some of your hopes and what were some of your fears? Oh my gosh. <laughs> my hopes were that it was going to take off and like go crazy, which... It did in a sort of a way, you know, like I literally went from the fashion industry into the fitness industry. I was once a big fish in a little pond, and now I am a little fish in a huge pond. And so, you know, I wanted tons of members because we had a membership um, for the regular community. It was $9.95. My fear was people would think I have, um, what is it, imposter syndrome? that I don't belong into the space, but in actuality, I do belong in the space. Um, And anybody belongs in the space. Yeah. Yeah, and so that would be my biggest hope and my biggest fear was the imposter syndrome. Yeah. So with COVID now, obviously you were doing a lot, like, in person and, Mm. like, going to studios and seeing people and working out in person. So how has that all changed your company? gosh (laughs) so the big premise behind sweatnet is that like here in seattle we would have events we would have up to eight events each month that were free for sweatnet members it was the way for people to connect with other people it was a way for people to be introduced to new fitness modalities it was just an easy friendly space for people to come and always feel welcome um and then when COVID hit, we had to cancel everything. Um, we couldn't work out in person. 
We couldn't go visit studios because we would visit these studios too to give people an inside look as to what is happening to maybe have them be like, hmm, that is for me. Or gosh, you know what? I don't think that's my jam. And so we had to stop all of that. Mm. And just recently, I um, canceled all the subscription services because we did have deals for all of the SweatNet members, but nobody was able to redeem them because the studios were closed. Um, so we had to fully pivot. Yeah. And I felt like we had to pivot and had to pivot and had to pivot again and again until finally I think we found the true secret sauce to Pam. And you think you found that right now? I think I did. <laughs> All <quote> right. Me. <laughs> <laughs> we won't jinx it. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of our mental healths have been affected with COVID a lot. Let's go a little bit deeper into that. So how has it affected you like personally, like deep down? What is what is that uncovered? Oh my gosh. So prior to COVID, it's actually impacted me a few different ways. Okay. This time last year, I was in my first preparation for a bikini competition. If you're not familiar with bikini competitions, it's bodybuilding. So I was in preparation for that in two weeks prior to my first show ever, which I started my prep November 1st. This is what, March week two, they canceled. So I'm literally sitting there on this extreme quote unquote diet to prepare and get lean for stage and the gyms closed and the shows were canceled and all of that hard work went out the window. So honestly, as much as I tried to put up a front that it was okay, I got depressed. I was eating a lot. I couldn't reverse the way I wanted to reverse. I'm a person that needs to have, you know, my true third space. I couldn't even go to the gym. I also had to be a stay-at-home mom and teach a preschooler and a second grader how to learn, essentially. And my business completely was impacted. So depression hit anxiety was through the roof my hormones went crazy I actually ended up going to a local um, functional medicine doctor that helped me with my hormones Mm -hmm. and we learned that my cortisol wasn't even going anywhere so cortisol is you know your fight or flight hormone when you wake up in the morning it should be high it should be the highest it should be and then over the day it should be like decreasing Mine wasn't even going anywhere. It was like flatlining. And the only time that it spiked was because I had coffee. Oh my gosh. So (laughs) it really truly impacted me. And I um, started online therapy, which had been really helpful. And through that, a lot of like my childhood demons started popping back up. And it, COVID really impacted me. How do you think you're doing today? I'm doing a lot better. A lot better. Better than nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, How have you come to live your truth the last few years? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) For the longest time, I was the most private person. Really? Oh, my gosh. When I was married to my first husband, we, like, he's a a great man, right? Um, Yeah. But he just wasn't the right man for me, and... 
I realized a year and a half into our marriage that I was living my life for somebody else, like for society. Like we were always told that we were the perfect couple and I was miserable. And there were times where I would just like be driving down the road and wanted to jerk the wheel. But then I realized that that's not normal thinking. And so I started, you know, taking steps and I told him one day that I was going to leave him and I left him and I just was like, okay, I have to share, start sharing this truth because I can't be the only person that felt this way. And so I started sharing. Yeah. And then getting like your, you know, your squad and people who are going to support you. And like when I started sharing, a lot of people would come through and be like, oh my gosh, I'm going through that too. Like I was so scared to say that. And so I just... I don't know like I started sharing all the time that's awesome it probably made people to like feel so good like oh she like feels like she is in a safe space and that like we are also there for her especially your friends that yeah. had seen something but it was not how that actually was oh yeah. yeah I had to do a lot of apologizing because I was somebody I wasn't I wasn't cheerful anymore I don't ever want to go out and when you share that, especially in the social media space, like you have to be prepared for hate and you also have to be prepared for the love. I didn't, I wasn't prepared for the love. I was prepared for the hate, but it was actually more love than the hate that came through. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Like completely. When I first shared that I was coming out with the podcast, I like shared a little bit of my story and I was expecting people to be like, what, like, what is she doing this for? Like, is she just trying to get attention? whatever like that type of thing and it was all love like oh my gosh we're so proud of you like you're amazing like and then it makes you feel so good about yourself like Mm -hmm. oh like I should have done this such a long time ago yeah yeah I don't know where it began but how did how did we get into our heads that like we had to be quiet and be you know quote-unquote perfect right yeah and when we open up it helps (laughs) other people open up and honor their true self which is a really hard thing nowadays because of society and social media and like this is how you have to be and you have to be perfect and nothing can bother you Mm -hmm. and where in reality there's stuff going on day to day where you're affected and it changes life changes every day and there's something new that comes up and affects you and your mental health but we were always told like oh like just like act like it doesn't affect you Mm -hmm. and just put on a straight face and smile yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, in my household, I never honored mental health issues. I had always been told that, I mean, I do have an aunt who is bipolar and I have another family member who has depression and another family member who has ADD. Mm-hmm. And Anytime that I would act out of line or get upset and angry, I was always told by a certain family member that I should go to a mental hospital. And by being told that and seeing how all of this mental, like, it was a terrible thought that was put in my head that mental illness can never happen. You're crazy. And fortunately... All I am dealing with is anxiety and depression. But when somebody is telling you that you are bipolar 
and somebody else is telling you that you're crazy sauce and like just all this stuff. And I've gone to my therapist and they're like, no, you're not bipolar. No, you're not this. Like, it's, I wish those things were never said to me. And I wish I knew what I know now then. This might just be me, but, like, I feel like if someone tells me something, I go and research it, like, crazy, and then you start taking, like, the quizzes, and, mm-hmm. like, and then you're, like, self-diagnosing yourself, and then you're, like, oh, my gosh, like, I need help, like, yeah. when you're literally perfect, like, there's nothing wrong with you, and people are telling you, like, you're crazy, and, like, all these things, and you're, like, doing all this research, and it's usually never correct. Yeah. like, <laughs> crazy like don't call people crazy just don't call people bad names you don't know what other people are going through and that's something I've learned Mm -hmm. is that yeah the first thing that comes to mind is like you know oh that person's a Karen or that person's this or that person's that but then you're like okay I bet you any money that they're going through something really rough right now yeah and like you never know what's going on behind the door and Mm -hmm whatever and so I've, I've definitely learned that too especially just being 16 years old like you have to be nice and especially in high school people aren't sharing like everything that's going on in their life like that is again a society norm that you just don't do that mm-hmm. um and then when you say something to them like they take that and it, they run with it um, oh, yeah. and that's I think like so traumatic and so hurtful to people because we are we grew up what people think of us is what what we are and it's like if you ruin your reputation in eighth grade it's ruined for the rest of your life when you can change and you change every year and every day and like that is just a crazy thought to me that people like will say one thing and that person runs with it and it just like ruins them oh yeah and like i don't know if we're like totally digressing but i remember back in preschool like there was a group of us that were, like, really great friends or Mm -hmm. what I thought were great friends. In my senior year of high school, we would be walking to a class. The way to get to this class is you had to go outside, right? Yeah. And I would just be talking. I'd be doing myself or whatever. And I had my ex-boyfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. I would tell my friends, who I thought were my really great friends, Mm -hmm. I would tell them, like, things about my life. And then they would go tell my ex-boyfriend everything and then I would be like he would confront me and get mad at me and I'm like what how are you getting this information plus you're my ex-boyfriend like (laughs) yeah and he's like well we're your best friends and then I would confront them and they would sit there and call me crazy and it's like why why are you doing that why would you do that to somebody and I found this out my freshman year of college finally that it was them, and I told them straightforward, like, I'm sorry, like, I cannot be friends with you anymore, and it actually took somebody, a mutual friend to pass away to have one of them reach out and apologize. Yeah. Are you guys friends now? Um, we're acquaintances. (laughs) Okay. I mean, mean, we've all grown up. That was, what, almost 20 years ago? We've all grown up. Yeah. And, like, things change. People also forget about the things that they've done. And, like, like my mom, she's like, oh, I did that in high school? Like, it's, like, things change and people change and it's a real thing. And oh, yeah. I think people are so, like, in the mind, so set in the mindset that you do one thing and that's who you are. And 
what you're going to do for the rest of your life when in reality it's like (laughs) just not how it works and people change their mind every day like you you were in Nordstrom for 13 years and now you're running a fitness company and like so that's just crazy you have one life and what made me wake up was that if I were on my deathbed tomorrow and somebody asked me are you happy with your life are you happy with what you've done I I was answering no I'm not happy and so that was my framework to help me move on and do the things I love. Where'd you learn like that? Like who did someone tell you that or I think did you kind of just put that in your own mind? Cuz that's a great piece of advice like if that was tomorrow would you be happy with your life? Like mm-hmm. what got that thought into your head? I think it was a conversation with um one of my therapists. Okay. Um I think it was a conversation with one of them. I think it was through maybe some books. I can't recall, but yeah. I just remember like when I was at that low point in my first marriage, I was just like, well, I just want to jerk a wheel. But I'm like, no, 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 That's not the way you do it. And I've seen, like, my grandparents, all of my grandparents have passed away. Mm-hmm. And seeing my personal grandmother, or my um, paternal grandmother. Yeah. Seeing her live her life. Like, she was full-blown, 100% Italian mom, never drove, only lived for her family, would cook dinner, start cooking dinner at 7 a.m. She lived with us. Like, that was her life. Okay. And when I saw that, and especially coming from a small town, I'm like, "Mm, no, I cannot do that. Because if I were at my deathbed, when I saw her at her deathbed, I'd be like, absolutely no. Yeah. Just went into your mind, and you're like, I have to change this. So why is our sharing our stories so important? Oh, my gosh. It's a big question. It lets people know that they're not alone. Yeah. We need to share. And I – you don't be scared of sharing. Yeah. It's a a society norm that sharing is not caring. (laughs) Like, sharing, like, is almost doing bad for other people. And, like, that just blows my mind that it's like that. In the space of, like, social media, you see all these, like, people that look perfect, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't, they, like, put all these perfect photos up of themselves. Yeah, it's because they are, like, taking snapshots of their day. But I'm going to share with you, gosh, you know what? Like, I think I shared it yesterday. Actually, I know I shared it yesterday. Oh, I understand why I've been really tired and I haven't gotten any work done this week. Oh, it's because of my medication. (laughs) <laughs> but the number one side effect was fatigue. You hear that, guys? Read your label. Read the labels. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, that makes sense now. I'm going to have to push my medication at night. <laughs> like, yeah, sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Like, Well, you already sleep at 730. Yeah. I go to, yeah. Uh, don't, don't follow me on that. Don't go to bed at 7.30. <laughs> so when you have a rough day or you're feeling burnt out, what inspires you to keep going? My husband. I love him. He, like, we we talk about everything, you know. He reminds me of my dreams and reminds me of what I really want. And we are all into manifestation. 
we're all about that. We love the crystals. We love all of that. I don't know, kooky stuff, if you call it kooky. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it's him. He pushes me, and that's what I love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect little marriage. Yeah. So you wake up at 4 a.m. every day. Mm-hmm. Why does this affect your day, and how? Oh, man. I Or what are you doing at 4 a.m.? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I do the exact same thing. I wake up. I have my coffee and my energy bars, um, and then I get ready to go to the gym in the morning because I feel like the day that I, I can't start a day without the gym, right? Um, I love moving my body, and then I come home, and by the time I get home, it's like 6, 6.30, and I, I'm, I'm a, I feel like my productivity is so much better in the morning. My creative thinking is just on point and I know by noon that I'm pretty much my creativity has like started to go down a mm-hmm. little bit so okay. I'm, I'm such a morning person I never used to be I've been this way now for like six plus years so is getting up hard for you or is it just no, easy it's, it's just easy. like let's get up let's get up let's go um does your husband wake up at 4 a.m yeah we both do does he go and work out too? No, he goes to work. At 4 a.m.? Well, he gets up, he does his coffee, he does his breakfast, and that's kind of like his and my time, especially when we have his kids here. Like, we just kind of talk and yeah, we need so our nice. Time. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's really great. Yes, we go to bed really early, and sometimes I want to be a rebel and stay up later. But then I don't get out of bed until 7.30, and it's really hard for me and my mindset where I think, like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting up out of bed at 7.30, and I've ruined the day. No, I haven't ruined the day. <laughs> I have plenty of day left. You wake up at 4, and I barely can get up for school at 8. Exactly. Oh, so. really? Yeah, so (laughs) what type of things do you like to use as an outlet now for your wellness and your self-care? Oh, my gosh. Obviously, working out is, like, up there and at the top, but, like, do you like to take a day once a week for just you and, like... Um, I have a standing massage appointment. Standing? A standing. Like, every two weeks, I have a massage appointment. Oh, I thought you meant, like, you stand up. No, no. And I was like, I've never heard of that. Okay, I got you. I got you. (laughs) (laughs) guys i'm only a junior in high school (laughs) okay so that's like you just kind of i don't know like i feel like i would be like oh i have this coming up like just fight till that day like oh my gosh i love it because it's like so we have kids week on week off okay right Mm -hmm. and so i make sure like i love routine i'm a planner i love planning everything and so the Monday that the kids are gone, I usually end up making that, like, my rest day. Like, Cleaning. And- yeah, recalibrate, because I'm not, you know, teaching a kindergartner her ABCs and teaching her words like cat, right? And, yeah, literally going through that stuff. Um, <laughs> and so I'm able to have that moment, and, like, I'll try to do work, and I'm like, absolutely not, like... I know for me to be good, I need that day. Um, I get my. Good that it's a Monday though. Yeah. Right? Mondays are never good. I feel like. No. 
but you make them good. You clean and you get your coffee and you just just rest. You do you. Yeah, I'll do meditation. I'll Mm -hmm. meditate. I'll do a lot of, like, facial masks. I'll go for walks like I did today. Um, It's just honoring how you're feeling. There are days where, like, for me, if I sit and I watch TV, I feel terrible. But I'm like, no, I need this, especially in a pandemic. We need to give ourselves grace. Absolutely. What would you want family and friends to know about how they can best support a loved one struggling with depression? Let them know that they're truly there. And listen. Listen without giving an opinion or solving the problem. It's so important. Yeah. As humans, we are apt to solve problems. Mm -hmm. But you just need to listen. Yeah. I feel like that's like, especially as maybe a high schooler listening to this, it's so important because we're always talking to our parents and we're always talking to our friends and it's always usually being judged in some way Mm -hmm. or, Oh, you have to do this to fix it. And like, sometimes all you need is someone just to listen and like understand that you're going through that. And I feel like that's super important. So what are some of the greatest gifts that have come out of your hardest obstacles and why are these gifts so important? I would say my number one gift is, the fact that I can do whatever I want. I can, I have it all, you know. Um, I don't have it all, believe me. I want it all. But <laughs> you, you put can, your mind to it. You put and your you... mind to it, yeah. yeah. And that no, you are in control of your own thoughts. You are in control of you. And you have to be able to honor who you are and yourself. Yeah, it's so important. We often forget about ourselves. And, you know, if you are, um, if you sit there and, you know, tell, like, have somebody tell you what to do, no, it's not them. It's you. Like, you. It's your life. It's It's your day to day basis. And you're the one that can only make it good. At the end of the day, it's you and yourself. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do to make it? the best yeah and don't let anybody else take that away <laughs> what is a piece of advice you would give to someone who is working a job that they do not love anymore and have aspirations of doing something else the number one thing that people have the issue with is that it's monetary mm-hmm. right um i went from a six-figure job to nothing and it's so scary to make that plunge. Mm-hmm. But that's that's our dog, by the way. That's Lagos, aka Logboom. But anywho, <laughs> he wants he really wants to get in the conversation. But uh, you know, give yourself save some money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, plan it out. Plan on a time that the day that you're actually going to leave. And it's going to be the scariest day of your life, but it's also going to be the most rewarding day. Always think, too, like, okay, in 25 years, in 60 years or whatever, if you're on your deathbed, are you going to be mad that you stayed at that job, that you didn't pursue something else? Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you right now that money 
is money. But you also have to like pursue what you love and you always get that money back no matter what. So Gosh, that's a leap. great take the leap in faith mm-hmm. and run with it. Um so Jen, thank you so much for speaking with me today and sharing your story with us. Your story is authentic, courageous, and vulnerable. I thank you for being such an inspiration to me and so many others. Thank you for the great work you share. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you'd like our listeners to know? Um, thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so glad we made it work. Um, I would say they need to know what my favorite food is, Lily. Why? I don't know. Okay, tell them. Tell them. Gosh. What is it? I would love to know. It's a pizza. I'm like everybody, I feel like. Okay, what do you like on it? Oh my gosh. I like cheese, pepperoni, and green peppers. That's it? And dip it in ranch. Okay. You have to get the ranch. What's your favorite pizza place then? Oh my gosh. If you're going chain, it's Domino's. Okay, but what about local? Local Mod Pizza. And anybody who's in Ohio. <laughs> My family can listen and go here. Guido's. Guido's? Okay. If you know, you know. Okay, what about here in Seattle? I don't know. Do you like mod pizza? Nah. I, no. I like the pizza where, like, when it heats up, the mozzarella on top is, like, nice and, like, brown. <laughs> and I also like square pizza. So, you, so make your own pizza. <laughs> so if you know of a place of square pizza where the mozzarella gets brown, let me know. Yeah, you can reach out to me or Jen's Instagram. Yes, please. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad that everyone now knows your favorite pizza yes. and a little bit more about you. Thank you. Thank you.